Hi, this is Alana Terry. Welcome to Season 5 of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast, bringing you some full and complete and unabridged Christian fiction audiobooks to keep you encouraged and inspired. This season's audiobook is called What Dreams May Come and is narrated by Pamela Lawrence, written by me, Alana Terry, and sponsored by our COVID-19 fundraiser. So what we're doing is taking some of my ebook novels and I've bundled them up as a pay what you can product with a portion of all royalties going to support local relief efforts for COVID-19. If you want to be involved in this fundraiser, it's going to be for a limited time. You can check it out at alanaterry.com novels. And now enjoy today's episode of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. Chapter 56 Scott had spent nearly the past year wondering what it would be like to sit across from Susanna at a restaurant and watch her eat. Now, after months of impatient waiting and painful separation, he finally knew. She had a little dimple in her cheek. He had noticed it in her senior picture, but couldn't have guessed the way it became more pronounced when she chewed. Her hair was even softer than he'd imagined. It took all his self-possession not to reach out and stroke it. He was lost in her eyes. The gentle beauty that flowed from her expression the tenderness that graced every move she made. She caught him staring and paused with her fork in the air. What do you keep looking at? You. She blushed deeply, and he loved her for it. I could watch you eat every day of my life. He hadn't meant to say it that way. He was just trying to be honest. I mean, he started to stammer an apology, but gave up and finally just said, It's really nice having you here. She smiled softly. I know what you mean. Her words emboldened him. He knew he was about to make a fool of himself, but he couldn't help it. Susanna? Yes? Her eyes were so wide, so full of love. Not the romantic, passionate love he bore in his heart for her. Pure, selfless love the kind of love that allowed her to put her life permanently on hold to care for her sister, the kind of love that sustained her through her mother's death, keeping her sensitive and gentle in spite of all the grief she'd suffered. He cleared his throat, clutched his Diet Coke as if it might give him strength, and said, There's something I need to tell you. He paused, half expecting her to stop him, half expecting her to protest that it was too much too soon. She remained quiet, waiting with that soft, quiet expression. It's about us, about you and me. Her lip quivered once, but her voice was steady when she said, Okay. Now that he'd started, he wasn't sure he could finish. He took a gulp of soda, anything to steady his nerves. Well, months ago, almost a year now, I asked you to start praying about our relationship. You remember that? I remember. Her eyes were still so full, so trusting, 
but now he thought a glimpse of something else there, too. Hope. And I told you that I was going to pray about it, too. See if maybe God had plans for us to deepen our relationship. If maybe it might lead to... If, over time, it might slowly develop into something more. She nodded. It was all the encouragement he needed. I've never stopped thinking about you. The words poured out of him now, like water spilling over a dam. You were right when you told me we had to call it off. As hard as it was, I realized that was a step you had to take, a sacrifice you had to make. You've done so much for your sister, and I can only imagine how much grace and love and strength it takes to do what you do. And maybe you think that nobody sees you, that God's just left you there to take care of Kitty for the rest of your life, and you'll never get noticed or thanked or appreciated for it, but you're wrong. No, don't interrupt me. I know you don't do it for the applause or the recognition. That's just what makes you who you are. It's what makes me... He stopped himself short. It's what makes me admire you so much, but it's more than that. He leaned forward. Was there any way to make her understand? Open up his heart and show her the love he had for her. Did she realize? Could she ever guess? I've loved you since the first day we talked on that phone. Maybe now's not the best time to admit something like this, but I can't help it. I've spent the past four months without you, wondering what might have happened between us. And I know that if I don't tell you everything that's on my heart right now, I'll never be able to forgive myself. I love you. I've never stopped loving you. When I think about the future, when I pray about God's plans for me, everything feels dark unless I'm thinking about you. A few months after we met, I asked you to pray about our relationship, to start asking God if it's meant to progress beyond friendship or romance. And I told you that I'd be praying too. Well, I've prayed. For the past half a year or more, I've hardly prayed about anything else, and every time I told God that I was going to give you up, every time I asked him to help me take you out of my heart, you came back again. And now you're here, and we're together. Neither of us planned it this way. We could have gone the entire conference without ever bumping into each other. But God led us together. His heart was pounding. He wondered if Susanna could hear it from her seat. I know it wasn't a mistake. I know it wasn't an accident. And I know at first you said we couldn't be together because you had a duty to take care of your sister and I had a call to serve God as a missionary. But being a missionary is more than where you live. It's more than how much you travel. You felt years ago that God called you to be a missionary, and now you're confused because you can't leave Orchard Grove. But you don't see what I see. I see a woman who spent a year working at an assisted living home, praying with the sick and the elderly, spreading the gospel there. You remember that man you baptized in the shower because he'd asked Jesus into his heart, 
and his family didn't want the chaplain to visit? Or your co-worker, Tiff, the one you kept telling me was so hardened by life, but who's now saved? God's been using you as a missionary for years, and you don't even know it. I wish I could give you my eyes so you could see what I see when I look at you. You are the most compassionate, gentle-spirited person I know, and I've met all kinds of believers over the years all across the globe. But there's none as sweet or as giving or as selfless as you. And there's none I would rather spend the rest of my life with. After he got this part out, he dared to glance up. It wasn't the tears streaking down Susanna's cheeks that he first noticed, or the way her lips trembled. It was the love and joy that was shining in her eyes, the love and joy that answered his question before he found the courage to ask. Slipping onto his knee, he took her hand in his. I can't show you any ring because I left it back in Massachusetts, so you'll have to use your imagination. Susanna Wesley Peters, will you be my wife? Chapter 57 She said yes, the entire time he was talking, from the moment she suspected the question that might be coming, she'd planned on telling him something different. Wait, or you should ask my stepdad, or I need to pray about it first. Instead, she'd opened her mouth and said yes ignoring the small applause from the few other diners in the restaurant who'd watched the intensely personal exchange. She threw her arms around his neck and repeated that small, beautiful word. Yes. He stood and wrapped her arm around his waist, swinging her in a circle. Really? He let out a full belly laugh, a glorious sound. You mean it? You're saying yes? She laughed again, while tears of both bittersweet sorrow and joy mingled down her cheeks. Yes, she repeated. She'd say it a hundred times if she had to. The word itself felt so freeing, so powerful. He kissed her cheek, his scruffy stubble scratching her skin. I can do that now because we're engaged, can't I? She still hadn't stopped laughing, hadn't stopped saying that magnificent word, yes. He kissed her again, this time on the corner of her mouth. And that one was okay, too? Yes, a hundred times, yes. Well, now, what about this? When she'd thought about kissing someone for the first time, she'd been afraid she'd have no idea what to do. But this kiss was fresh and pure and tender. She wanted more. But he put her down, collapsing breathless into his seat. You've just made me the happiest man in the world. You know that, don't you? Susanna looked around her as if for the first time. A painted picture of a bullfighter hung just to the right of Scott's shoulder. On the other side of him was a still-life vase full of flowers, so many colors, so much life, so much joy. He took both her hands in his but all she could think about was that last kiss. It's getting late, he told her. We should probably start walking back if we're going to get to the general session on time. 
His voice sounded as if it were traveling through water. Her pulse surged through her ears. She'd never known you could actually hear your own heartbeat that loud and clear. He glanced at her half-eaten burrito. Do you want to pack that up and save it for later? Food. How could he think about eating at a time like this? What was supposed to happen next? Would they hold hands like this for the rest of the night? Would he kiss her again before they got back to campus? Would he sit through the general session with his arm wrapped around her waist? What would Kitty think when she came home and told her sister she was engaged? What would the people at Orchard Grove say? Would they gossip about her for daring to find joy after her mother's death? Would Derek understand? Or would he regret sending her off to the conference? And in the end, did it really matter? She had prayed for this for months. Even those times when she was trying to voice a prayer of surrender, in her heart, this is exactly what she'd been asking God for. And he answered, gloriously, powerfully, miraculously. He answered. Susanna didn't know what would happen next. Would they have a short engagement like her mom and Derek? Would they be separated again for months before Scott could make it out to Orchard Grove? Would they move right into her mom's house or look for a place of their own with more room for Kitty? Would he keep on traveling with kingdom builders? Would she ever find the opportunity to go on mission trips with him? She didn't know the answers to any of those questions. All she knew was that God had peered into her heart, understood her most secret desires, the ones she didn't even dare wish for, and he'd poured out more blessings on her than she could have imagined. As she and Scott walked side by side into the dusk on their way to worship God with 20,000 other believers, Grandma Lucy's words played through Susanna's mind. The Lord is faithful, and he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Do I bring to the moment of birth and not give delivery, says the Lord? Do I close up the womb when I bring to delivery, says your God? Joy swelled up in her heart. She was glad that the general session always started with a time of worship and singing, or else she was certain her spirit couldn't contain all the gratitude and praises ready to pour out of her. You've seen the sacrifices she's made, and in your good plans you will restore all that was once lost. God had done that, and infinitely more. It didn't matter that the future was still uncertain, it didn't matter that she had questions about how she and Scott could care for Kitty and continue serving God with the kingdom builders. All that mattered was God had seen her in her deepest sorrow and in the soil of her grief had planted seeds that now sprouted and bloomed into the most beautiful, glorious harvest of joy she could have dared hoped for. She stopped walking looked up at Scott with a heart bursting from happiness. What is it? he asked, matching her grin. She realized he was too tall. Even on tiptoes, she couldn't reach him unless he bent down. Come here. She wrapped her arms around his neck, pulled his face down toward her. I've always loved you, 
she whispered the moment right before her lips melted into his. And she would continue to love him for as long as they both should live. This has been What Dreams May Come, a Sweet Dreams Christian Romance Book One, written by Alana Terry, narrated by Pamela Lawrence, copyright 2017 by Alana Terry, production copyright 2017 by Alana Terry.